Breakup. I'm Julia Rossi. And I'm Will Miles. And today we have in our living room Sandy Marks and Keith Marshall. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. We're so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you all the way Thank from Westchester coming. County to Brooklyn. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah, that's. I think this is the farthest anyone's traveled to be with us. This is by far the farthest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, we do have a motor vehicle, so it wasn't like we were walking with like a stick and a rag and packing yeah. stuff. But like how cute would that have been? Well, you were on the side of the road. We just saw now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we left Thursday. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how long have you guys been together? We've been together officially 19 years, but married 18. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And you, how did you, tell us everything. Okay. Do you <laughs> Give want us to the start? hot goss. Uh, well, we started with uh, friends setting us up. So, so Blind date. Blind date. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you had been married before. I've been married before. I have three kids with my first husband. And, and had you been married before? Yes, twice. Oh, well, okay. okay. So I thought it was really good because I knew if he was already married twice and he was also a widower, that I thought he had a lot of practice in, in the ways of women. Okay, that's a great right. way to look at that's it. Wait, right. so that's the title of my first book, Practice in the, the Ways, ways of, of Women. women. That's, <laughs> right. Your that's right. Wait, so, I'm sorry, were you divorced just once and then widowed? Yeah, widowed first and then divorced. Okay. 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 How long right. was, was the divorce? One. Divorce, well, I was married to her for twenty minutes, five years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the divorce seemed like it took that long. Also, <laughs> they make but, it real but hard. It was yeah. probably a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if only they made it that hard to get a gun. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's a segue to the next <laughs> part of our topic. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were you married? So I was married for I think twelve or thirteen years. It seemed like more, but it was 12 or 13 <laughs> years. Um, and uh, I was divorced and living with my kids on and off because we had joint custody and we lived very close to each other. And I actually kept a really good relationship with my ex-husband. But I was divorced for about uh, eight months to a year before I met Keith. Okay. And yeah. do you have kids? No kids. Okay. This cool. was like a Jewish girl's fantasy. <laughs> I, won the, I won Powerball. I met a great guy, a dentist, a Jew All with right. no children this and had been married twice before. My husband, Keith Marshall. Okay, I was like, who are you talking winning. about? This is a Powerball winner. Okay, so who's, so your friend that set you up, so were you, had you been dating right after you got divorced or no? Were you yes, like? I actually started dating because I spent a good year before I got divorced basically living on the top bunk in my son's room because things yeah. were not going the way we were. So I had really been separated for a long time. Um, so I started dating pretty regularly after I moved. And because I had joint custody that was physical, I had a week off every other week. Okay. So I was living a, like alone at night. I would take care of the kids during the day, but after 7 p.m. It was my life to do with what I wanted, and I worked full-time, so I had a lot of friends who wanted to set me up. And I used to say the same thing, which sounds ridiculous, which was, I don't want to go out just to go out. It has to be a guy who would have the capacity to maybe run a small country. Somebody really great. Okay. Somebody that's... who's sure of himself and he's not going to be uh, <laughs> intimidated by a woman who works, you know, who has a good job. I didn't want to go out with someone who found that annoying. Or Were you living in the city at that time? Um, Westchester and Scars okay. So, did you feel a lot of pressure to know that you have to run a small country? <laughs> <laughs> well, the dental office can be like a small country. That's right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of decay in this country. <laughs> yeah. so. People are always I mean, going under. No. That's very poetic right now. Yeah. Um, wait. So, well, my question for you, because I find that so, so I, I know some people who either have been divorced, you know, might whatever, thinking about it, that kind of thing. Who. <laughs> <laughs> And their names Wait, are. Let's bring them on all down. They all come out of our bedroom. Right I'm here for you. But, but, you know, I know one one has, you know, expressed their fear in having joint, like, you know, the kid, the kids thing, which, I mean, I can't speak to that because I don't have children. Um, but I, from everyone I know that has gotten divorced that did have kids, they, at first, they're worried about the whole not having the kids every week. And then once it happened, it's like, oh, wait, I get all the joys of being a parent plus, like, it's true. guilt-free nights off to it's, be a human. It's really great. And my kids were very young. My son was only four, and my daughters, I have twins, were eight. So they were at an age where they loved actually watching me play dress-up and putting on makeup to go on a date. Because <laughs> in their mind, they didn't really quite know, really, the dynamics of it. I mean, when we did get divorced, my 
my son was so young, he said, Mommy, what's a divorce? I mean, that's how young he was. And because my ex-husband and I had decided early on to have a very strong uh, human contact relationship with each other that wasn't filled with a lot of animosity and hostility, our kids understood that they were in two safe spaces between both of our parents. Like We made sure neither parent was ever the messenger for the other one to find out what was going on. We never spoke ill of the other parent when we weren't with them. So they were living in a pretty... uh, nice kind of safe environment I mean it's never perfect when you're a a child of divorce I'm sure because I have three of them and I'm sure they would agree it's tough but I think as uh, situations go we spend a lot of extra time really taking care of our kids feelings and so I don't think they felt threatened by uh, the fact that I was going out socially and I wouldn't have them meet Keith until I knew we had a very serious relationship Yeah, I think that's kind of the line it's like your comfort of when you have your children meet a boyfriend do you know at what point do you do that? Did you and your ex-husband get help to have such a nice split? Uh, you- no, I think we just both were, you know, well-read folks who uh, had a lot of very positive feelings towards each other, even though we knew we were just not a great couple. Uh-huh. And once the pain subsided of the actual divorce, which is very painful, I think we both knew the only thing that mattered were our kids and putting our own personal feelings aside, we would do for them what the most important thing would be for all of us, which was to make, I mean, Brendan came to our wedding, Keith and I at my wedding, and toasted us. He's your ex. That's my awesome. ex-husband. Yeah. As well as we did the same at his wedding to his new wife. And Keith, as a testament to the kind of guy he is, treats as a dentist my ex-husband, his wife, and their kids. <laughs> Amazing. I love yeah, it. That's cool. Are you friends with your ex? Am I familiar? Friends with your ex? Oh, no. Okay. Well, you don't have have anything attaching you still. That's kind of no reason to be Yeah, Yeah. you kind of can just... But it's so great just because I I think it's so nice for anyone listening who is going through it. Like, you might not be able to be friends with your ex while it's happening. That's correct. Because you need some distance to be angry. Like, it's okay to be angry and sad, but it's nice to know that there's hope. Especially with kids. It wasn't an anger issue. I'm really not angry. It was just, I just didn't have anything in common. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I meant with with Sandy, Uh, like, having some time and space to be friends. But, yeah, also sometimes you just don't need to talk to someone. You just don't need to. But, you know, when you raise children together, it's like running a small business. You know, you have to make sure. Not a small country. Or a small, it could be a small country or a small business. (laughs) But, you know, you have to, it's like if you were running, you know, a little, uh, let's say, a coffee shop, you have to pay your rent. You have to make sure you have your inventory. Well, when you raise children with an ex-husband, they're still the co-parent. You have to make sure that they have what they need for school. Do they, you know, have what they need to, you know, in the savings account so they can go away to college? Whatever it is, you're still doing it together. So, you know, you're not just because you're divorced, not going to ever speak to that person again. Unless, I mean, there does happen, but in a perfect world, it shouldn't. Right. And so this. And honestly, that sounds like as a parent, as a person who may be a parent at some point, I'm like, I think I'd rather raise them separately. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a week off of kids? Well, oh, oh, man, yeah. that'd be great. Well, it really, I have to say... Yeah. Like we when, should have kids with some other couple. And yeah, then that's you, true. And then well, you just... I don't know. Kids no, hey, this is going to work. <laughs> I was thinking just one of our parents would take care of the kids every other well, week. Well, I like that's that. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. We're and on we the same did page. Share, we did share yeah. one babysitter. Uh, so... Okay, that's smart. Which was really great because yeah. we both work full-time. So when the kids would go back and forth, we had the babysitter go back and forth. Oh, that's great. That's, yeah. that's great. Well, yeah. you really are perfect at, your second book could be out. called Perfect at Divorce. Seriously. Perfect at Divorce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, after we went through our divorce and we were all still living harmoniously in Scarsdale, where we raised our kids, I would be like the hotline center where people would call me when they were thinking about getting divorced. Yes. Nice. Nice. I'm also the hotline center when funny? people are thinking of getting divorced. That's so funny. Well, but now, had you been divorced? I'm divorced. Okay, so yes. you're divorced. Yeah, so I, I, but no kids or anything. And we, how long were you married? We were only married a year, but we were together for eight. Wow. Um, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I should either, we should, in my head, I was like, break up or get married. Right. Um, probably should have gone with the first. Uh, but we like just really, we're really good friends. And do you still stay in touch? Yeah. We're still, he's, I would, I could consider him family. Like That's we, great. Will's met him. Yeah, we had dinner um, with him and his kids. Yeah. He's, now when uh, you met him, did you think, really? You you were married? Like, <laughs> like did you think, they don't like seem seeing compatible. Them together. Like, did they didn't? Did they? Or they, they seem, seem like friends okay. more than I saw it as like. Well, a, I'm not gonna like sit on his lap and make out with. Well, them. no, I mean even <laughs> even just noticing you both, it seemed more like uh, 
Like you could see like how I, they were. As a third party, I'd be like, oh, these guys would be better as friends. Yeah. But yeah. Like, we were like, like friends for two years and then right. fell in love. And then I hadn't really dated anyone else. I had hooked up with people, but I had never yeah. had another relationship. So I just was like, all right, well, I guess relationships are either having a buddy. Correct. That you have sex with. Mm. Or guys who are pieces of shit. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't know what my other options yeah. were, so I sort of clung on to him because he's such a great person. Yeah. Like he's such a wonderful human being. So, and he's like one of those but people that makes that, sense. Yeah. And the other problem when I first got married to my first husband was it was the late eighties, mm-hmm. and real estate was what it is today. It was you know very expensive. Yeah. And everybody wanted to own something. And my ex husband and I, bef- way before we got married, bought a co op up in Washington Heights. It was beautiful. And I remember when we bought it thinking, uh-oh, wait, uh, because I knew by buying that apartment that now we were going to end up together. Yeah. Like, yeah. it wasn't even, we didn't even really think about it. It was like, well, I guess we should be married. So basically. That's how I feel about that couch you're sitting on. That's, well, there you yeah. go. See, and that's like. <laughs> Maroon couch. That's like, to a certain point, it's Ikea. like, we're going to be together forever. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, and we both agreed that we wanted to be married, but I know if we both really were honestly looking back on it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we kept putting carts before horses. So yeah. Cool. Well, I get what I get a lot of people coming to me, not so much how to get divorced, but should they get married to begin with? And it's because I wrote this article called Seven, Seven Signs. Feet. It's more than just cold feet. Yeah. Oh, really? And it was really, I mean, I wrote it four years ago. And, and people still, still? I'd say like at least once a month, if not more, I get an email very often from someone in the UK or wow. Australia. I don't know what's going on in those countries. Well, where was this published? It was in Huffington, well, it was Exo Jane and then Huffington Post. Gotcha. And if you Google cold feet, it's like the first thing. It, there's like not really a lot of articles. Well, there's been some copycat articles, but, oh. um, but, yeah. but, but, um, but yeah, I get a lot of emails from people being like, this is my situation. It sounds like yours. Should I get married? And I pretty much always, res- I mean, I love getting the emails. I love helping people, right. but I'm like, well, the fact that you're emailing me, that's yeah. It's like a sign number warning. one. Yeah. Warning. There's yeah. a big flag. Right. Yeah. yeah. What's the right like, one? Cause right. when I look back Outsourcing on, problems. Yeah. yeah. yeah Cause when I look back for, me, I mean, I was walking around my bachelorette party drunkenly asking all my friends, like, do you think I should do this? Oh and they were like, gosh. Julia. Julia. And I was like, whatever, more, more yeah. alcohol and cocaine. Well, um, I will tell you, one of the signs where I knew it was time for my husband and I to actually really get divorced was we did go through marriage counseling for about six months and the guy's name was Dr. Chevalier. He was great. And I knew the first metaphor was I called him Dr. Chevalier, like Maurice Chevalier. <laughs> and my ex-husband called him Dr. Chernobyl. Oh, so man. I thought, that's not great. And then after six months, he would just sit there listening and then one day he just said to us innocently, he's a doctor of psychiatry, he said you know, not all couples are meant to stay married. Amazing. Oh, God bless him. God bless him, right? Yeah. And that was it. We never went back. And wow. uh, Yeah. But it's, he was giving us permission that it's a human thing. It's not that you made a mistake. It's just a transition you're going through now. And if you do it right, it can be okay. And, you know, we're, this is 20 years later and it, yeah. it is okay. Yeah. And yeah. I have three adult children who all seem fairly stable and <laughs> and they all seem, they all have, you know, healthy relationships with That's their friends. Yeah. And, oh, and you could be friends, girlfriends, so. and your parents could yeah. be. Like, you know, my parents' relationship is fine, but I sometimes think I would have been better off had they gotten divorced. I used to say that about my parents all the time. Yeah, I mean, I They stayed them. married forever, and they fought like animals. Yeah, for the kids. Yeah. Yes. Anytime you ask them, they go, well, we had to for the kids. And my sister and I used to say, you're not doing us any favors. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, please. I would have been so much more spoiled had they been divorced, yes. you know? Yes. I used to work with kids, and you could always tell which parents should be divorced. Yeah. That's my only relation to it, but I would always be sitting there in like a... In a meeting or a PTA thing or something, be like, "Oh boy, y'all hate each other. Why are you? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. clearly don't like each other." Well, and I'm you're impressed still... they showed up at a PTA. Meeting. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Lincoln Park, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot so of times I had nothing better to do, but yeah. <laughs> so you guys get set up by this friend, yes. this genius. Yes, a genius, and she was smart. She was crafty because she didn't set us up until she knew we were both ready to actually date someone seriously. Okay. So she wanted perhaps for Keith to sow his oats or whatever the expression is. Do you sell them? 
She, you sewed yeah, a little I bit. Sewed him. He did some sewing. Sew, yeah. I was sewage, and I did. Would I sew dated. gums during the day and, and sewed them out at night. Sewed them out. And what I will, I, what I do tell women, especially um, that are nervous about being alone at a certain age. I mean, I was over forty. I had three kids under the age of eight, and it was raining men. There were many possibilities. Yeah. I could have dated someone new every night if I wanted to. But so my theory for that. And I would like the heterosexual men in the room to the two um, to agree or disagree because I found that when I it wasn't after my divorce because I immediately got into another relationship but when I had time alone I found that it was often younger men correct and I think it was because my attitude was like I don't give a fuck I know forever is a choice. I like. I kind of all the allu- the delusions that, that you were glomming on to. Yeah, that. like that right. girls are raised with, where like you have to be married by a certain age. I'm like, did it? It ended. Like all that stuff had kind of gone out the window, and I felt like I was really able to just enjoy. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some people that I felt attached to, and it right. didn't go the way I wanted or whatever. But for the most part, I felt like I had such a like fuck it yes. attitude that like I never experienced so many delightful interactions oh, with I'm men. Oh, I'm sure that's true. And for me, it was a little different. I, and I always, my theory is, is that if you get to a certain age and you're single, you're catching the next wave of that demographic that just also either maybe widowed, God forbid, or divorced. So it's their second time around. Yeah. So you're all in it together. So it's almost like you just left the high school dance and everybody did, you know, the first step, which was, you know, procreate, raise a family, had the first wife. It's, I think Margaret Mead said there was three great loves in your life. The first one is for sex. Uh, the second one is to raise children. And the third one is for companionship. So if you catch the timing right, you can meet all the ones that want the companionship, you know? And yeah. I think, and I also, like you, had a very independent attitude. I was working a job I loved. I, I Financially, I'm independent. I wasn't trying to just hook up with some guy who'd be my gravy train. I didn't. And I, if you put that out, guys aren't intimidated. They like that. Yeah. yeah. If they have a strong self of sense of self. Was that one of the things you were attracted to was her independence? Yeah, she was on my par or, or absolutely higher actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, but you know, she Yeah, I just felt comfortable being with her for so many reasons besides loving her beauty. Aww. <laughs> so sweet. You're very those listening are very touchy feeling. Uh, after t- almost been, twenty years. Yeah, I had been through a lot, you know. Losing the first wife probably put me in a depression that really didn't lift until I met her. Because the second wife in between didn't really do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, I pretty much as soon as I met her, I realized this is somebody who could make me happy. Aww. That's great. And yeah, he yeah. fixed my teeth. <laughs> oh, you do have great teeth. <laughs> Wait, so what was that first, bl- what was the date you guys went on? Like, what was first impressions? What did you guys well, do? Was a little late for well, it. But he, he had, as I know now, 20 years later, he gets a lot of dental emergencies. And he's one of these dentists that is very unusual. He will run into his office in Gramercy Park on a Saturday at 5 p.m. when everyone else is, you know, playing golf because someone's in pain. He's like the most amazing dentist. So on our first date, we were supposed to be at Pete's Tavern and I was waiting outside. It was a really cold night in February and this little woman shows up with her white, like gummy nurse shoes on saying, you know, Keith's running late. Can you come to the, she just figured out it was me, a middle-aged woman with too much lip gloss. She figured, (laughs) come back with me. So I went to his office in Gramercy Park. He was still with patients, but I was so impressed because there were women there and I knew they were all waiting to see him. One of them, I think, actually had a pie. Like he was, Keith is like that old wealthy widower at the nursing home that all the women want to go out with. That's what he was like. he was a flirty pie? He wasn't that he was flirty, but he was like a real like, um, like he was a cat. Yeah. Yeah. So all the women in Gramercy Park, they all had their hooks. And when I walked in there, I was like the interloper. I could see them looking at me like, what do you want with him? And then as soon as I, and as soon as I saw him, and he had like these huge blue eyes, which I always interpret as cold. They were warm blue you eyes. You didn't know what you guys looked like. No, no. This is before you could 
Facebook each yeah, other and yeah. Google really. It's twenty years ago. Yeah, but so I haven't show a photo. Before no, they started nothing. Us, I had yeah. Nothing. And he was just so adorable. <laughs> and I love a man in a uniform. He had on like his dental like bib or something and a <laughs> microscope on his head. He was just so when you see someone in their workplace, like this is great advice for anyone who wants to be in the power seat in any relationship. Have someone show up at your workplace where you know you own it. Like he like that office, that's like his game. So when I when you go to a mutual space like a restaurant, you're both kind of shy and, and probably feeling self-conscious. But when you walk into someone's domain, they're the king. He was nice. the king of his domain. Nice. And what did you think when she walked in? When she walked in, I, I was wondering, oh, another patient? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> More decay? Yeah, so, yeah, I thought she was adorable. Aww. And I said, well, we, we'll leave soon. So we went to... The restaurant went they went to friend of a friend farmer. Of a farmer. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. So and I had already eaten. So she watched me eat. I watched him eat, but I told this actually at a storytelling show. I was watching him eat. He was inhaling a bowl of pasta, but he was eating like he had just been released from Rikers Island. <laughs> he was shoveling it in. That's how Willie Shovel, yeah. shovel. And I thought, oh, I could, like, I'm a mother. I, I could fix that, you know. And then I looked, Did you? No, but now it's kind of cute yeah, watching yeah, yeah, him shovel. Yeah. But I, I always want to say, don't worry, I'm not going to take your plate away from you. You can take yeah. your time. Yeah. But it is, you know, when you're with my, someone so long, yeah. those, that's kind of sweet. utensil or chopsticks. Yeah, yeah chopsticks. me too, yeah. 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 That's the yeah, urgency, yeah. sense of urgency, right? <laughs> eating salads with them, it's just easy to shovel. <laughs> yeah, we knew pretty soon. I think we knew, you know, also when you have young children, you do, if you're going to be dating, you're taking it seriously to a certain degree because I'd rather be reading my kids' books at night than being on bad dates, as I said earlier. Yeah. So you have to assess pretty early on if you're going to take this to the next date and will there be a next date because otherwise you just move on and say next, you know. And I think we both knew pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because you got married after a year. Correct. Did you have another wedding? Uh, we had a wedding yeah. in our friend's backyard. Okay, nice. perfect. Um, and Very it was nice really backyard. great. Yeah, <laughs> it was what, really what great. What made you get married? Um, the kids. Okay. I think when you have very young children and you have a man that's going to be living with you in your home, um, I'm a traditional mom. I wanted my kids to have a traditional lifestyle and not feel uncomfortable by not knowing where they stood with Keith. I wanted them to fall. I mean, he is the bonus dad, and I wanted them to fall in love with him um, on his own merit, but having him in a committed relationship with mm -hmm. me, i.e. marriage, I felt it would be easier for them, especially since they're, I mean, my son was not even five when we got, it was just five when we got mm -hmm. married. So I'm, yeah, I kept my name because I want to identify with my children's last name. And a business. And I had a business at the time, yeah. but I really, uh, so knew. Marx is your ex-husband's last Marx name. is my, I, I'm a handleman by birth and okay. Marx is my husband. And I remember he kiddingly said, well, maybe I should sell you the name. And I said, no, 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 don't work that way. Yeah. Um, and I love that name and I'm glad it's my name. So, um, yeah. And it's, and my kids are really mad for Keith because he doesn't try to be their dad. They have a dad, but he's the most extraordinary bonus dad. Yeah. That's and, great. And did you always want to have kids? Uh, you know, I was never sure, really. I thought, I guess I'm supposed to maybe have kids, and it would be cool. And uh, but I never really like had like like my clock was you know turn churning, and I had to have kids. But but I love kids; they're great. So I'm happy I that I had moment. There was a moment where I thought we might break up because. I was too old and not interested in having any more children. And I, there was a part of Keith, I think, you, yeah, you thought about it, you that, kind of that, that told me. That was a half hour. There was, a, there was this one night where one I said, hour. you're going to have to decide. Cause so no, I really don't want to. Are you guys the same age? No, he's much older than me. No, no, he's not much older. He's four, three and a half, four years older than me. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there was one day where I thought, mm, but thankfully. And these were young kids, too. So yeah. and, like I, and I did perfect. sell him on the idea that mm -hmm. he wouldn't have to, like, swab tuchuses and worry about dirty diapers. Oh, and My brother once and, changed his kid's diaper in my office, and I was, I was like, dry heaving. Yeah. Said, so we got to pass that. that? Yeah. He says, uh, I don't know. You just get yeah. used to it. It's like, you know, you always see parents, they're able to pick their own kids' noses. But oh, when yeah. you see that, you think that's so revolting. Yeah. But when it's your own kid, you don't really think about it. Well, yeah, right. it's basically your nose. Yeah, it's your nose. Yeah. You're just yeah. digging away. That smell. Was that, yeah. Brutal, yeah. uh, yeah. right? So he got to well, miss all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I might start if I think And did you feel pretty comfortable, obviously, getting married again? Yeah, you know, 
because it was her, you know, I, I felt like I was getting married the first time. Yeah, here's a girl from Queens, I'm from Brooklyn originally, so it, it, it just felt like we were meant to be, and you know, the, I never had that feeling before with the others. We used to tell people that we were high school sweethearts that never met until we were grown-ups. That's oh, great. yeah. Because yeah. that really what it was. It's, it's it was really like, oh, better. finally, yeah, I met him. I met the one I was supposed to meet. What, so what is it that's so different? Well, my first husband, um, uh, gorgeous, not that, and Keith's gorgeous, obviously, but from a very, uh, like, Episcopalian background. They grew up um, in Westchester and Millneck, Long Island, the Gold Coast, and a beautiful, a lot of Laura Ashley and Sterling Silver and Brandy Snifters, and very well educated. Um, and I'm like a borough rat. I'm from Queens. My parents never went to college. Uh, yeah, sounds just like you know, And, you know, so we had, <laughs> we really struggled. And, you know, like, when the first time I met my ex-mother-in-law, who I really adore. She's so wonderful. But she was walking around me like Diane Fossey and, you know, looking at apes. Like, is that how you make a bagel? And do yeah. you use locks? And like all of my local <laughs> Jewy customs. She, like, I could see that she was really soaking it in like a social worker. And Keith um, was raised just like me. His mom reminded me of my mom, you know, loud and funny and brash and doesn't really give a wit what people think and walks around with the duster, the house coat with the pockets and the lint. And, you know, we've come <laughs> from a certain kind yeah. of we're yeah. cut from the same cloth yeah. and I think when you're raised in that environment we take shorthand like I was always editing myself with my first husband because I know he thought I was too loud I was too crass he didn't like when I wore like primary colors and like, <laughs> you know like there was so much about me he really didn't like he wanted me to look like Martha Stewart I mean he wanted me to be that and no matter and I did try for a while I tried you know he hated if I snapped my fingers he looked at me like I was some sort of strumpet, which I love that word strumpet, that old <laughs> whorish word. So, and I knew Keith's mother probably snapped her fingers in primary colors all day long. So I didn't have to apologize to yeah. being myself when I was with Keith. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of being attracted to their complete opposite. Yeah. And in the back of their mind, I think, I know women do this, we think, oh, okay, I could fix that, 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 that. Okay, I can make that. that. No, people are who they are and when they get older, they're just more exaggerated versions of themselves. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to get less then they're gonna get yeah. more than well and I think I mean just from my own experience because I well with my ex-husband he wasn't that but he was like a white guy right and I'm an Italian you know my dad's like working class whatever where they didn't go to college same kind yeah. of thing um so I didn't feel like I had to complete I guess in retrospect I did edit myself but I was so young it was my 20s right. that I didn't realize I was doing it and he's cool he's not like stuffy at all but I did crave a little bit more of that I know there's a phrase in Italian called alaman, which means by the hand. Yes. And it sort of means like, like I, I'm making this face right now. I know exactly like, what you it's mean. It's a house code. It's yeah. like you, you take too many, you get a lot of extra bread at the restaurant, you know, yes. like that kind of person. And right? like it, it, Jews, we say Hamisha, like uh, they're the same Hamisha cup, like the same head. Like you think the same way you can do a shorthand and there are certain activities and things you do where you don't have to apologize for doing that. Right. Like his family, they were swimming naked at the Yale club, you know, in the pool. My family, they don't know how to swim. My family doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> no swimmers. Well, not from swim. You know, we go yeah. into the knee, you splash the chest, and yeah. then you get out and read yeah. People magazine. Well, so that's but it. it. But it was funny because this, the second person who has a serious relationship was also a first-generation American, ethnic. So I felt comfortable to that. But that was actually the only thing we had in common. Yeah. Everything else was like, I mean, I've never been more edited. I don't think he had ever been more edited. And it's really interesting because I think, you know, it, gosh, it's such a tricky thing. And I feel like I've said this so many times in the podcast, so I apologize for repeating myself. But like, it's, it's hard to, you kind of don't know when you found the right person until you find them. That's right. Because when you're in those relationships, you sometimes think, well, I guess this is what it's supposed to be like. I don't know. Everything else works. So why not? But then like, I know with Will and, you know, there's things about each other that we don't necessarily like. Like, I know the things I do that annoy him, but I know he still loves them. Right. You know, like I think yeah. if I stopped talking to him in the morning when he's asleep and asking Ooh, him 20 questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you, but then when I have done that, like last week I pulled back a little bit because I felt like I was annoying you. You kept asking me if I was mad at you Aww. because he knew, because I was trying to pull back on what I was doing that was annoying him because I felt like he was, I'm not mad at you, but he was snapping at well, me a little I'm bit sure more. You, 
were appreciative of the fact that she was attempting to do something to make you more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Even well, though you really I wanted didn't to notice be yourself. At the time, but yeah, yeah. I noticed. But it you afterwards. asked me so many times if you were. I was mad at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, to answer all of it, it's like they say about porn. You know it when you see it. It's like when you're. <laughs> Did they say that? Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. Maybe it was Mel Brooks. Yeah, I don't know who said it, yeah. but that someone said it. But that's what, you know, like my first husband and I used to fight a lot and he would say, what makes you think people are happy? And why should you, what makes you think you should be happy? <laughs> oh my God. And then I would say, look at all those couples. You think they're happy? And I think, yeah, some of them are. And it's true because Keith and I have been together long enough to know that it shouldn't be that much work. Yes. yes. Can you it shouldn't be that much work. But can you imagine walking around with this attitude? Could you imagine? Like... Being in a couple isn't supposed to make you happy. I mean, really. Like, it should be a bonus. Yes. And we're just always happy with each other. You know, we're very comfortable being ourselves with each other, and we're just a good match. And, like, my first husband would say, I know you want to get a divorce, but what makes you think anyone would want to date you? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, well, that's a good reason to get a divorce, you know? Yeah, seriously. So, you know, that, but <laughs> now I know that he didn't mean it that you're a horrible person, but what it seems like, you're no bargain is what he was saying like you're no bargain and I'm probably not but if you find someone else who's on the same shelf at, you know at the Gap sweater department and we're both the same level of bargain Keith and I are the perfect pat you match. got the best analogies yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be oh, Megan, about, except the porn one is real look that you'll look that one yeah. and, and you guys are way better than Gap I mean yeah. <laughs> we're banana republic yeah, there you go. Yeah. It about her that was that felt different than other people other relationships you had had yeah well the one right before that i had it myself i just couldn't be me i, I didn't feel like i could be but right away with sandy i could be me i, I felt like i was in vermont I, I felt like I was home. In Vermont? Yeah, whenever I go to Vermont really? like, to visit friends, I would... You, you feel know, like Christine. you're home in Vermont? Really? Some, a little bit. Really? But I would go there and I... Would, <laughs> hey, yourself right now. No, I, I would have a great time and I would always feel like, wow, this is like, this is heaven. This is like, uh, I've arrived. Are we supposed to be buying a second no, home no, no. in Vermont? Yeah. Well, you have to check. <laughs> well, we don't have any money. We, we can't do that, right. But, but it was just about feeling comfortable and being wanting to be with you, you know, Aww. just that simple. Do you think that, um, I mean, I also think that part of, like, we know there's a lot of talk in general in life about, like, being yourself and being authentic, but I also think everyone you meet along the way leads you to get to know yourself more. That's true. Like, all those past relationships yeah. are sort of trial and error where you're like, well, I thought this was myself, but then, like, I mean, I feel very much like myself with Will, and, you know, I'm not saying another relationship, but, like, maybe a new job also might make me feel more like myself. Or if we that's have a job, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. there might be friends that bring that out. And so I feel like that's kind yeah. of life. You just kind of keep getting to know yourself more and more Absolutely. until you die. Like, I don't know if Keith and I, we've discussed this, and I don't know that we'd be together if we had met 20 years earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would and I think well it was just, you know, uh, I mean, I consider myself incredibly blessed and lucky that I was married to my first husband because he is a great guy, and I have the three greatest kids I could have asked for, and I'm so grateful to him for that. And then I got to grow up with, with Brendan, and I got to work and have a career and raise my kids and meet Keith at a point my life when I was ready to meet someone as perfect as him and I'm sure you would say the same thing yeah. you know you've been through a lot of loss and love and you know and you got to meet me at the right time I think I wish I met you first would have saved me a lot that's a kind of a dark side because you guys seem like the sweetest but after 20 like so you guys have this great energy together after so many years, which I think is what a lot of people fear when it comes to commitment. Right. Um, you know, getting bored or whatever. But I mean, how do you, I'm assuming you guys disagree sometimes. Like, how do you handle, how do you, what's your arguing style? If there is. This is really odd. And you, when people listen to this, they're going to say, oh, fuck them. <laughs> but we, we don't. Fight. You, but no, I'm not, we don't argue. Well, you never much, disagree? There's nothing much not, there no. agree or disagree with. She's no. very 
sensible. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I think because I'm his third wife, what he used to say early on is, you know, usually the wife is right. And at first I thought that was kind of a trite thing to say. But I think he's such a um, kind of higher plane thinker that he'll think through in his head what I say that it really annoys him and work out why maybe it's not such a terrible thing that I said. So we never get to the point where it becomes an argument. And the only time we've ever disagreed or had fights about anything is because I'm jealous of the fact that he spends so much time at work and there have been a few occasions when there'll be a weekend something that comes up where I have to go it alone because you know he has to treat a patient mm -hmm. and that's just my selfishness but um, generally speaking or or maybe I'll be annoyed because he'll forget to do something which is ridiculous there's nothing to be annoyed at <laughs> he actually is thinking about serious things all day long while I'm busy you know like deciding whether or not I should buy new sheets in our bedroom or whatever you know so he's entitled to have <laughs> Like to be distracted, right yeah. you know, but it never leads to real fights. Yeah, you know, like we really don't disagree much. About what it. are your texts like when she's asking all that? Because right? yeah. she's what been doing I, that, and I'm just like, yes, well, okay. <laughs> but luckily, he screens them because he's so busy working; he won't text yeah. me back. Except I know it's showing up on his yeah. Apple Watch. Yeah, that's the. So I'll know it's vibrating on his wrist. So Will Will's working a writing job that's taking up a lot of hours right now, plus yeah. doing shows at night. I'm freelancing so I have more free time yeah. and just doing mostly doing shows at night <laughs> so pacing I've been <laughs> right. yeah, but like I so I've been kind of bouncing between like one day I'll do like writing but then the next day I'll be like I want to redo the bedroom so I'm like in major rearranging mode and as you can tell we don't have that much space so right. I'm on a mission to space save so I've been texting him like all day long be like what do you think of this set of drawers yeah. what do you think of this and he's now, like cool nice like six in a row and I was like yeah sure right. so you wait yeah. for her to save him up and then you'll give her one response one response well cool, do you cool, get cool, more yeah. into cool. caps yeah, if he exactly. doesn't respond or no, you just say, no no and then but then I will give myself credit I do always at the end of it be like I'm so sorry I just realized you're at work I am very excitable. I also just had a cold brew, so forgive me if I'm going to talk a mile a minute. But I just get so, like, well, we're different in the sense of if I get excited about something, be it a new bureau or huge news right. or I just found a new coffee place in the neighborhood, like whatever yeah. it is, you tell I them. run and tell them right away because I want to, like, share everything. Right. Whereas Will, like, two weeks later will be like, oh, hey, forgot to mention, I, uh, booked the job of a lifetime two weeks ago. Like, just real <laughs> casual. Right. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like that too a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I like that too. I hate to do, and I hate to do, like, gender things. I, I do think women tend to be more yes. emotional and excitable and that kind of stuff, so that's part of it, but... I, I'm trying to pull back. But I think women I think also, and again, memories. this is a gross generalization, <laughs> but I think most women I know, we are, like, love to communicate constantly. Oh, yeah, we're good communicators. So it's, like, the constant need to, like, be pet petting, touching. Like, I'm very uh, physical with people to a fault. I mean, I was once in a public space, um, <laughs> and I think it was at a moth show, and I hugged a woman really without any provocation. I had no business. <laughs> and she wasn't having it. Oh, really? She, she was very upset. She obviously, you know, had her own thing going on, and it was totally her right to not want to be hugged by me. Did she yeah. just not hug you back? Not only did she not hug me, she was more than a swap, like a, like more than a, you know, a, you wow. know it wasn't a Trumpy swap. It was like, she pushed me away, and she goes, don't ever do, don't come near me. Do you know her? No. <laughs> it was, well, you've never met her? What happened was, I had given her my spot online at I think I was judging a moth grand slam okay I was one of the judges so I got preferential seating so yeah. I gave her my place in line so she would have a really great place but because I'm very touchy I thought that deserved a hug <laughs> <laughs> so I initiated now she wasn't acknowledging what it, I'm such a good person she didn't acknowledge it so I thought well I'm going to hug her. Yeah. And I did. I said, have fun tonight. And I gave her a big hug, a bear hug. And she wasn't having it. She wow. said, do not touch me. She swatted me away. And she was loud. Like, she obviously has personal issues about people going near her. And I remember my day oh. where I was with and I said, you know, some people don't. And the person who was saying to me was saying, Sandy, you touch too many people. <laughs> but I didn't realize it to that point. I thought people like to be hugged. I don't yeah. know that not all people don't want to be touched. And I learned a lesson, uh, which was valuable, which is only touch people that 
you know, are uh, on board. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. If they board. don't look like they're going to hug you. She didn't have to hug me back, but I, she could have been limp, but instead she really <laughs> went for it. Oh. So it was really funny. So um, I'm a very touchy, warm, you know, person. So I guess I expect other people to be like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was she, one that was like that, and he almost broke your ribs. Right? Oh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we won't mention who, but there was a time when I was in the company of a dude, a nice guy, who was just gave me a really friendly hug, but he hugged me so tight, and then he threw me over like a fireman's carry. He thought that was funny, and I thought I had cracked a rib. That's how tight it was. So I guess we all need to be a little careful of each wow. other's yeah. personal space. And, you know, getting back to what we were saying before, women, we do, I know my friends, not everyone, but women I know tend to be very communicative, so we like to always share, talk, speak, you know, do whatever we do. In you know, my daughters are always criticizing me because they say, Mom, you do not have to have a conversation with every waitress. <laughs> they don't all but need you know, to know everything. That's who, you are. That that's who I am. Who you yeah. are. And yeah. there's a know, hilarious Rachel Feinstein. Is it Feinstein? 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 Yeah. yeah. Just this amazingly funny bit about her mom who needs to engage with every waitress. Yeah. And she does it in a way that's so funny. It's about her Navajo jewelry or whatever. It's hysterical. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he a darling? The way she does it, and she goes, her mother, she goes, she wants to say to her mother, no one cares about you, just shut up. (laughs) But you know, though, for every 10 waiters or whatever, you know, there's a few of them in there that probably, like, probably made their day. You know, my parents talk to everybody. It's also because my mom is mostly home all day cleaning. Well, I was going to say, she throws that out of the house a lot. Yeah, so the second she gets out, one time I went to, I took her to go get a new cell phone. And uh, I took her to the AT&T store and my, it's like, so my dad is name, my, his name's on the plan. So we had to call him to give the store permission. Like they, you know, they had to do a verbal thing. I look, I mean, my mom had been in the house. I don't know what she'd been cleaning that day. I take her to the cell phone store. We go there. I mean, literally she had like a Showtime at the Apollo style <laughs> ring of like 10 AT&T employees slapping their legs. She's like, mom, we gotta go. I'm like, Husband. Oh, my husband's so mad. We gotta pay a ten dollar fee. Oh, like, what's your just, dad doing? My dad is on the phone. Like he just says, "Yeah, yeah, get the phone." But like they had already hung up. My mom is just. Oh, I mean, she's my mom's going. favorite bit. They did the podcast. She's working the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, did, the they did the podcast a few months ago, and it's so funny because my mom also very verbal, and my dad pretty indifferent all the time and you know I remember growing up always thinking because it's me my sister and my mom and I remember growing up thinking you know daddy's the bad guy because he doesn't care why doesn't he why isn't he verbal he couldn't get a word in it yeah exactly exactly. like he hardly he doesn't compliment like all this stuff and then you know and then as I got older I started to realize how much he enjoys it when I bring a guy home because I'll look over and like Will and my dad are literally just staring into space not saying a word or like talking about like light installations because my dad's an electrician or whatever and so we had my my parents on the podcast um, like two months ago my therapist listened to it um, because, you know, she knows everything. And she was like, oh, my... She's from Atlanta. She's like, oh, my God, your your father's a, your father's a sweetie. He's a lover. Because my dad was, like, so... Aww. When he did get a word in, um, was so sentimental. That's so sweet. And very careful about what he used his airtime for. Whereas my mom the whole time yammering. is just ragging on him, <laughs> like, making fun of him. And I was like, oh, my God. That is the dynamic. Like, right. she, like what? It's it's not a bad thing. It works. It's just yeah, like, uh, oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're still, they're still, still with each other. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's so funny because I just remember as a young girl thinking that if a guy doesn't talk a lot. It means he doesn't care. And it's like, mm-hmm. anytime my dad did talk growing up, the three of us would be like, why are you so, that's wrong. Yeah. And it's like, it's not wrong. He's just a dude. I mean, there have been times when we've been out socially and the dynamic is what it usually is, which is you're very thoughtful and you listen to everybody and you speak when you have something to say. And my friends will make a joke and say, oh, poor Keith. He has to listen to all this carrying on. <laughs> but I don't think you think yeah, you're no. a victim in it. I think you like watching like this, this podcast show. where it's just yeah. Sandy and I yeah. and you guys are <laughs> Yeah, so I I think you kind of are amused. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. me too. too. Well, even earlier, you were saying the thing about the school, and you took a, a breath. 
and I wasn't sure if you were done and I immediately jumped in and asked oh, yeah, another yeah. question and then I looked at you and smiled so I was like shit did I just cut you off yeah. it was just because he took a breath yeah. you can't take a breath you can't take a breath you can't take a breath you take a breath instantly yeah. a new, new like conversation there's no pause have an index finger out if right. you're going to take a breath but the other thing yeah. I will say <laughs> one thing I do know about Keith is he's no pushover like yeah. if he doesn't want something to happen or not to do something or he thinks something is wrong he's not going to change his mind. He has a very strong opinion about the way he operates in the world, in life, and I really admire that. Yeah. You know, he's a very strong person. When I was dating, I was concerned about the kind of guys I dated because it takes a very special guy to be comfortable with a woman who's very loud and aggressively out there and also who has the kind of job that's independent enough, and I, you know, I had an office with my partners. We had 60 employees, so... So at the time you were an agent, Yeah, but we were like, you know, we thought... we were all that, you know, my name was on the door and I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of clients and, you know, people pretended to like me because they were actors. So (laughs) that was their job, basically, even though a lot of them really were my friends. But that creates a certain kind of personality that's not always very attractive. I mean, I had a pretty big ego when I was a working woman and there are not that many guys that are comfortable dating that. You know, Mm -hmm. my first husband wasn't. It's, you know, I could be sort of a train wreck, you know, but Keith was confident enough because he's like a leader in his field that he could be Mm soft-spoken Because he knows who he is, you know, so that works. Was I a big, loud woman when you met me? Yeah, but the only time I'm not soft-spoken is on stage. So, uh, yeah, it's the same thing where yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, I've got my place where I talk a lot. And, and, I, and honestly, you yeah. realize yeah. that because you're aware of either cutting him off or you're aware less. Oh, I'm yeah. so yeah. aware like, So it. you're hyper aware to the point where he feels badly that you're doing things to change your behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny. My sister and I went out to eat with two of our very good, like our childhood friends or two other sisters. And the four of us are all friends. And we went out to dinner and... So my, again, I love my mom. This isn't like a bash. But my mom, she talks a lot. It's a nervous thing sometimes. And she, she does cut people off. She knows it. We make fun of her all the time. She's working on it. But it's also kind of charming in a way. You know, it's cute because she's excited. Right. She's home all day. Will comes over. She's like, I got it. She gets out the iPad, starts showing him all these photos of it. Like, she's just so excited. Yeah. Come, You know what it is? It's because it's the cutting off is coming from a, a excited place. Right. Not like a rude, I'm going to give you a lecture place. So it's hard to get mad at that, right? Right. So my sister and I went to dinner with our friends, Roseanne and Diane. And we, when we got in the car to leave, I go to my sister, I go... I think we dominated the conversation. I think I cut them off three times. She goes, oh my God, Julie, I was thinking the same thing. I kept cutting them off. So then we send them a text. (laughs) We felt so embarrassed. We're like, hey, sorry if we talked a lot. We both just realized we cut you guys off. They both were back. They're like, we didn't even notice. (laughs) We are not, we're not analyzing. That's right. But because, you know, what annoys you. So like, because it annoys me when my mom does it, I now notice it. I'm so hyper aware when I do it and feel so much shame right. because I know how annoying so it can funny. be. But, but there's you know. also, it's a big difference between the way your mother approaches it because she's excited to have a, an interaction. Then we all have friends or we know people at parties or at dinner who you can see on their face that they're waiting for that moment to jump in because they want to say something that's better than what you're saying. It's yeah, almost yeah. like jumping into a jump rope game, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like you can see they're just waiting. What yeah. can I say? I have something better to say. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, that's different than just being excited and wanting to add something. Well, and usually I'm asking a lot of questions. Like, I'm all, I'm often interrupting because I'm like, oh my God, this is so interesting. So wait, then what happened when you hugged the lady at the mall? Yeah, Did she yeah, punch yeah. you? Like, I'm like so... Right, right. So, hence, yeah. interviewing people. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. I mean, it's also a natural... Like, you know, also your mom's older, so you can't expect her to start a completely different style and rhythm of speaking. She's got the cutest accent, so, so I, I don't yeah, mind. That your first mother-in-law yeah. was just like that. Yeah, Italian. Yeah. Italian, she interrupt everybody? Uh, yeah, she, Just she was tall, the you know, talker. Four feet nice. tall. Yeah. Italians are. Stirring the yeah. tomatoes. I mean, yeah. I can say it because I am one. We're very rude. Yeah. <laughs> We're very loud. But I think it's more European than it is rude. That's adorable. It's like a European, because there's a, well, they're working towards not having, or since waiters make certain tips and all this stuff, just the European culture, I think it's not very, it's not rude necessarily as much as it's just sometimes European. Like, you don't mm. tip 
but it's not rude. My but. daughter, uh, both my daughters did a semester abroad in London. Yeah. And um, when I went to visit them, they would chastise me for over-tipping the cab drivers. Yeah. And they said, it's insulting. I said, oh, come on. They said, no, no, you're not supposed to do that. And I kept doing it anyway, saying, well, I'd rather they be a little insulted just because I'd rather them have more money. It doesn't seem right. I don't I really understand that. Meanwhile, my dad would be like, no, tip, great, and run out of the car. Yeah. In Italian. Europe, they'd love it. They'd yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like, That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should probably wrap it up in a minute, but we always uh, end every show asking our couple um, if, you know, what would be sort of like your final hypothesis, thoughts, anything about love, relationships, dating, any anything at all you'd want to share with anyone listening, no matter what stage uh, of relationship. I, I think I would right. say if you're single and you're, you know, really looking for love or looking to be in a relationship, um, the best thing to do is to try to find things, your passions that have nothing to do with that, either writing or uh, your work or your volunteering or reading or doing the kind of activities that make you happy. And somewhere in there I know this sounds crazy things are going to happen for you because you are going to either find like-minded people or you'll feel good enough about yourself and you'll be actively engaged in the world either in politics or whatever that is where you'll be ready and open to actually meet those people by having a positive attitude and not making the opposite sex or the same sex in whatever case the enemy just because you had a bad relationship be open to the possibility that there's something really kind of magical out there I mean I had as I said before three kids under the age of eight, I was over 40. I'm only mildly attractive with a lot of work. <laughs> and I still had a lot of luck in meeting a lot of people. So it, everything, anything is possible. You've had a lot of work? Oh, I've had some stuff done. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't remember what my hair color was yeah. when I started. Well, you look great. Thank you. You look great. Yeah. I would simply say, you know, stay open. Uh, don't try too hard. But, but definitely do it. You know, try. But always be relaxed and just be yourself and look for people who maybe you were successful with early in life like maybe go back to home back <laughs> to the look, go, go back to your backyard you, you often find things right back there it's funny you say that I have two really good friends who married men who they went to high school or college with and met them at other reunions or at parties 20 years 30 I've years heard later that and my I mom's love that. cousins my mom's cousins she met her current husband in high school they were high school sweethearts went to went away to school uh, separated didn't date she got married to somebody else they have a kid then she met uh, him again and now they're married again I love her, that married love to that. her high school sweetheart yeah. 20 years after they isn't were, that they great yeah. yeah that happens yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. Yeah. yeah our best friends yeah. it's like something that you are very comfortable with for some reason young adults feel like that's not an appropriate mate right. either they think they're not aiming high enough or it's not but then you realize that in life don't have rules like that you know what makes you think you're better than where you came from yeah like I'm very proud of my roots in Queens I mean I that's who made me who I am now. Yeah. That's where we're yeah. comfortable. That makes me the queen I am. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank and, you guys so much. Yeah, it was and to our listeners, um, I should acknowledge the fact that we've been doing fewer episodes lately. Usually we would come out once a week. Yes. We've kind of been every other week only because... Will and I have both been really busy with good stuff. You'll be excited. We'll be in the... We're notable writers in the TV... Uh, film festival, New York Film Festival. Oh so, uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, so New York. It's a New script York we wrote TV. together based on this very podcast. Yeah, so, so that that took up some time writing that and a bunch of other things. But uh, I promise we'll try to get back in the groove of once a week. One if life settles. But you know what would help that would be if you donated to our Patreon. Because <laughs> then maybe we would say no to a gig here and there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so if you want to send us some money, you can do that. No pressure. Um, and that's it. Thank you so much. Please tell your friends and family to listen to us and subscribe yeah. and leave ratings. That always helps. And if you look at the Patreon, we're still offering to DJ and or babysit for a time where you can smash each other. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, you, give us money, if you give us money on Patreon, uh, I mean, probably a very low amount. We're pretty yeah. easy. We'll babysit your kids so you can have sex with your partner yes, there you or go. whatever you need to do Get or, back in or the hooker. And, um, <laughs> well, or we really would like to that. teach you your wedding. Hey, you don't yeah, know yeah. people's relationships. True. Whatever you got going on, we'll, we'll help you out there. Okay, thanks. Good Bye. night, everybody. Good night. 
Thanks for listening. If you like the show and want to hear more, please subscribe to us on iTunes. And please rate, review, and tell your friends. Also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HWDBU Podcast and like us on Facebook. Thank you. You already said thank you. Thanks again. Hey. Good night, everybody. Stupid.